On today's show, we talk to a woman who's worried about her sister's new relationship. We talk to a mom who wants to have hard conversations with her kids and herself. And we talk to a man whose wife is overwhelmed with grad school and he may or may not be the problem. Stay tuned. What's up, good folks? I'm John, and this is the Dr. John Deloney Show. Thanks for hanging out with us. There's about 11 billion other podcasts you can be listening to, and you chose this one, and we are so glad you're here. We talk about relationships, mental health, life, education, parenting, marriage, what's left of your everything we can think of, grief, all of it. If you want to be on this show, I'd love to talk to you directly, personally. I'd love for you to be able to tell your story to all the listeners out there. So give me a call at 1-844-693-3291. That's 1-844-693-3291. Or you can go to not www, but just johndeloney.com slash show, because it is the 21st century. Fill out the form, and it will go to Kelly, and she is the gatekeeper of my life. Now listen, um, one of the, th- the things that drives me bananas over the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years, at, is this obsession that we have with using machines and computers as analogies for people, and you know, I'm trying to think of like, he really downloaded that information or, um, what's another one guy, like just a computer analogy or yeah, we got our wires crossed or, um, this is, you know, downloading new info into your, I just don't like it because it ends up, we end up treating each other like machines or like computers. But last night, I think I experienced something that makes me rethink all of that. So I was trying to put my five-year-old daughter to bed, and I was like, hey, I need to brush your hair. I like the hair brushing process. It gives me an opportunity to touch her on the face, to calm everybody down, to tell some jokes, and to listen to whatever story she's got for the day. Her stories are awesome. And she wouldn't come like to where I could brush her hair, so I handed her the brush. And I was like, hey, you do it. And then I came back, and she was off gallivanting around the house. Our house isn't that big. There's not a lot of gallivanting that can be done, but she was jumping flying running thing around and i said hey come here i need to brush your hair so she started walking my direction and then i got distracted and then all of a sudden it would turn into the third time and i was like hey i need you to come here so i can brush your hair and you can go to bed and she whipped around and looked at me with all the sincerity she could muster in her tiny five-year-old little body and it wasn't like she was playing. This is like came from her soul. And she looked at me with this sense of longing and passion and frustration. And so here's, here's how it all went. Hey, I need you to come here so I can brush your hair. It's the third time I've asked. But daddy, I'm an owl. And evidently my brain has a pause button because it just stopped working. I, I didn't have an answer to that. I didn't know what to like. What? I just looked at her and then she just turned and I guess in her head flew, but I watched her walk and then she just went and got in bed and I probably should have had some sort of response, but I didn't know what to say because in my brain, when I say, Hey, um, come over here, let me brush your hair. There is a 
multiple like layered responses like okay dad since you're the dad i'll come do what you say or no i don't like you and then there's like choose your own adventure that way or there's well can i get a snack there's all kinds of things but passionately decrying dad i'm an owl I, i don't really know what to say so for everyone who i've i've hurt your feelings about the computers and machine thing i may be wrong i think my brain is a machine because it clearly stopped working for a moment last night and it just sort of rebooted this morning i see what i did there just came back online Uh, (laughs) now we're talking oh man so we've got a action-packed adventure show today that's kind of probably over dramatic but we do have some awesome calls lined up here let's go to amy in raleigh north carolina good morning amy how are you doing Hey, John. I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. Hey, do you have any uh, little kids? I, well, I have four kids. Yeah, they're they're uh, 11 and under. Oh, good. God almighty. So you're in it. So listen, do they ever say anything and your brain just, just pauses for a minute? Absolutely. Okay, well, good. I'm feeling like I'm losing it, so I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy that you said that. And I don't even know why you're calling, so let's get to that. All right, so what's going on, Amy? How can I help? Well... I would like some guidance on how I can express my concerns to my sister about her rapidly advancing relationship. Her rapidly advancing relationship. So is she in love, yeah. love with somebody that you don't like? Yes, but there's a lot of details surrounding it that are highly concerning to me. Okay, go for it. Um, well, she discovered in February that her husband of nine years was having an affair hmm. and with by the end of the month, she had made contact with new people and um, found a person from her past um, that she didn't really know well. But like you know, over fifteen years ago, she knew this person, and um, within a week, they had met again. We live on opposite sides of the country, um, oh. so she flew across the country to meet this person, and then within a week or a week and a half after that, they're professing love for each other, and um, he's planning to move in with her. Hmm. Um, and she has two small children, and he's going to move all the way back across the country to go move in with her and her children. And I'm just like, and my husband and I met him also, and all of our sirens were going off that this is like not a person we trust. Hey, this um, dude, this guy won the lottery, man. Some old girlfriend reached out to him and is like, "Hey, you want free free rent and me?" And he was like, "Okay, okay, yeah, this worked out yeah. great for him, huh?" Right, right, and he's like, he's. Um, eight or nine years older than her. He seems kind of a mess. You know, he he rents an apartment with some other person who kind of seems to want him out. Um, and then my sister comes in, and I don't even... Uh, last I talked to her, she still hadn't filed divorce papers yet. Um, but oh, okay. her current husband has already moved out, and so she's just ready to move this guy right in. Yeah. And, um, of course, being the sister that I am, <laughs> I went down to the courthouse and looked up his records, and um, I, I didn't find things that were great. Uh, and I even discovered a lawsuit where he was um, sued for basically not getting out of a place. I don't know the details surrounding, but all of it's very concerning. And mm. uh, she has a two and a four year old. And I'm just, I don't want her to think that I am not happy for her. I'm, I'm worried if I say something or I don't want to say something wrong, you know, where, where he'll tell her, manipulate her and make her think, Oh, they're just jealous of our love. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a mess. Um, how long was your sister married for? Uh, I think about nine years. Okay. Yeah. You said that. How good is y'all's relationship? I think it's really good. We're really close. So have you, 
when you've kind of hinted around this or asked like, really, what is this what we're doing? Uh, how has she responded? Um, I've, said, I've raised a few concerns. Um, I, she's kind of in a mode where she's not like herself. She's, mm-hmm. she's very much like a different person. And I think she just thinks it's, it's hard for people to understand. So she's yeah. like, I, okay, you know, it's just, it's really hard for people to wrap their, their minds around, you know, the fact that I'm in love and I've got this fairy tale man and, yeah. you know, and I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that's so. <laughs> man. Okay. So here's a couple things I, I would throw out for her sake. And then here's, I'll just, I'll give you some of my thoughts here. I'm smiling because everyone who falls in love especially after a heartbreak or a tragedy. They look around and it's so intoxicating that they think everyone else is crazy. And it's so hard because as someone who loves someone in that situation, we often just have to ride it out, right? It just And it's so painful because you know how it's going to end. You know how it's going to end, right? Yeah. So um, – Sometimes I give people a pass on the quick turnaround time after something like this, and here's why. There are chances that her marriage has been dead for years. Yeah. And it may have or been on life support for years. And so she may have um, had one foot, one half of her heart, two feet out the door and not even realized it for a long, long time. And then it just takes something like – this big reveal, which she may have known about, um, maybe not intellectually, but she knew it in her soul, or she did know about it, or she just blindsided, right? Which makes this a, a super trauma. The whole thing's traumatic regardless, but it may have been dead for a long time. So often when we see a, this is different than somebody passes away in a car wreck, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where it literally just snap your fingers is over. This may have been running for a long time. That still doesn't make this wise at all, right? So, my question for you is, what is your um, or what statement here? So let's say you get the courage, and it would be hard, right? You get the courage, you go sit down with her, you look her in the eye and say, I think you're making a terrible mistake. Absolutely bonkers, terrible mistake. And she says, I hate you. You're the worst sister ever. You've never loved me or supported me. In fact, my husband cheated on me because of your fault. I mean, just all the stuff she could throw at you. What is your or what statement? Are you going to disassociate yourself from her? Are you going to back down from her? Or are you just feeling powerless right now because you're going to still love her? She's still going to be your sister. You're still going to hang out with her. And you're just watching a slow motion car wreck. Which one of those is it? It's definitely the latter. Okay. So you don't have like an or what or if then statement? No. Okay. So if somebody's at a point where... I'm about to draw a real firm boundary that I know might really impact this relationship in a negative way. Um, That's one conversation. This conversation is a little bit different. It's a little bit easier and a little bit um, harder for you. Okay? Here's my recommendation. I would take her out somewhere and get her to tell you about this guy. Why is he so wonderful? And you can ask the gentle questions about this seems super fast, and I'm concerned, and I love you. And then the final statement, I learned this from one of my counseling professors, Dr. Hendricks, and I love it, which is, I'm worried about you and your future, but you're a grown-up, and I want you to know I'm going to be here when things are great. I'm going to be here when things are hard, 
and I'm going to be here if things completely fall apart. Mm-hmm. And 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 um, I'm always going to be concerned for those kids. And so if you ever need anything, let me know. And what that does is it it rings a bell for some folks that you're not trying to judge them, that you are literally walking alongside them and you just recognize that they let your hand go. And some folks are like, okay, whatever, dude. But then they remember that when things fall apart and it may be two months, three months, seven months, um, or seven years, but that you will be the first call they can make. And beyond that, there's not a lot you can do, which is really, really scary. Um, do you think this guy is unsafe for those kids or does he just look like a bum? I don't know. I, I don't, I wouldn't let him around my children. Um, so okay, I so don't wh- why not? He's safe. Why not? Um, That's a bold statement. Well, we statement. had told her that if, if they come and, you know, visit, you know, he was going to move in, then they were, because she lives in Arizona. I'm in North Carolina. Oh, so um, you're far apart. Okay. Right. Okay. So, and he lives here in North Carolina. So he's moving out there with her. <laughs> so they had talked wow. about coming to visit this summer. We said, of course, they can stay with us. But then after we met him, I, there's, I can't put my finger on it. But both my husband and I were like, we can visit with him. We can have a cookout with him. He is not staying in our home. Um, and, and we're not generally closed off like that, but we have four kids and I'm like, I wouldn't trust him near my children. And so, so what is then, it? You know, What's the thing? What's the thing? I, I wouldn't 1000% trust your intuition here, right? I, I, I never push back on this intuition, but I'm, I'm wondering what is it? I think part of it, I mean, there's something about his essence or something. His um, and essence. part of it is the, the control he's, he's been able to, um, you know, kind of exert over my sister and make her very different. Um, and she's my mm. older sister. She's always been responsible, very financially independent, very intelligent. Mm. Um, and he's had this effect on her. And I'm, you know, she's behaves differently around her own children. You know, when I when I hear her talk to them, and it's just concerning that what could happen in that home now that boyfriend's kind of the center and the obsession. Mm. Um, I I just worry. Yeah, like it would. I don't know. I'm like, would they be taken care of? Like, it's, yeah. could he hurt them? You know? So, it's so just, yeah, yeah, my mom's signals are going crazy. Yeah. And all the things you just said are, are, are the answer is yes, he could hurt them. And if their mom is, I love the word, like, he's a drug right now, right? She's grieving. Mm-hmm. He's a drug. And if mom is willing to do drugs with kids in the house, then yeah. He could hurt him. He's going to have access. So yes, as your sister, as her sister, as the um, as a responsible citizen, right? As their aunt, yeah, you got to keep that antenna up, you know, to make sure that things are they're safe and that you're not hearing anything bonkers or weird. And um, they're so so little and so young, right? It's not like you can mm-hmm. call them on a side conversation like if they were teenagers. Right. Um. So. Based on that, I might have a little more direct conversation with her, a little more, a little harder conversation about, hey, what are you doing? This is not smart and not wise. And maybe tell her, I'm, I love you so much, I'm willing to um, cause a rift in our relationship right now, but this is not smart and not wise and not safe. You don't know this guy, and moving in is too soon, too fast. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you could try that. It's probably not going to work. It's probably going to be messy. Um but at least when this thing starts getting the rails start coming off, she'll know that you love her. But again, sometimes if you make yourself so unsafe, she'll feel like she's got no one to call, right? Um, but we are just so I, I'm I'm more interested in a long term relational play here. But um, yeah, I, 
At the end of the day, you can't do anything about this. That's the, that's the hard part. You can have a gentle conversation. You can have a flexed conversation. You can have an angry, I'm the aunt of these kids. I don't trust this guy. Something about him is not ringing true to me. It's not safe. What are you doing? Um, any three of those situations may work. They probably won't. And what you're going for now is a long-term relational play, like I said, so that she reaches out to you when, when things go sideways, which they probably will. And if you ever get a hint, an inkling, any sort of, as you said, I love it, any sort of essence that the kids aren't safe, that they aren't doing okay, that they're being neglected, that they're being treated bad, you call every alarm that you know. You call every person, every community member, every police officer, you call everybody and make sure those kids are safe and taken care of. Okay. Um, I hate this for you and your family. This is hard. This is a mess. Um, stay with your sister and make sure that she knows that you love her and, um, and take care of yourself because this is going to get heavy. So you and your husband, instead of sitting over there, just having all these judgment conversations, that guy sucks. And what's she doing? Our check in with each other. Hey, how are you doing on this? Cause I know this is hard. I know you love your sister and give each other spaces to be frustrated, give each other spaces to be sad and to grieve this, and then to go about controlling things you can control. And you can't control knuckleheaded older sisters for sure. Thank you so much for that call, Amy. Hey, what's up? I want to take a quick break to talk about the most important question I'm asked almost every day. How do I find a counselor? If you can't find a counselor in your area or you can't afford one, I've got a solution for you. I've partnered with BetterHelp for customized online therapy, video chat, text chat, phone counseling. It's a licensed therapist whenever and wherever you need them. Go to betterhelp.com slash Deloney for 10% off your first month. It's cheaper and it's available all the time. This is for you, your family, and for everyone else that's coming your way. Take care of your mental health. Go to betterhelp.com slash Deloney today. All right, let's go to Monica in Salt Lake City. Monica, good morning. How are we doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Just rocking and rolling, figuring it out. Awesome. So what's up? How can I help? So as a conservative Christian, how do I teach my kids accurate information on LGBTQ plus issues while maintaining biblical teachings on the subject? Oh, that's a great question. Um, So dig into that a little bit. Tell me what's behind that. Um, Just my kid. One of my kids is getting older and. How old? um, A 10. Okay. And it's something that's going to start coming up more and more as she gets older. I want her to have um, good information so she can know, you know, what other people might be going through if it comes up for her, what she might be going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just so that we can raise them with a Christ-like compassion to where they can love, um, have the love of God in all mankind. Hmm. Number one, I love your heart here, man. It's, it's so good here. There feels like there's another side to this. So, are you are you afraid that teaching them hospitality is going to set them up in a like what what what's the other the or what part of this? The or what part of it is probably um, you know okay this sounds terrible but you know what if they come out what kind of mom am I going to be mm-hmm. am I going to mourn that and not support them you know obviously they're young I don't know they don't know but if it does come up when they're older. Um, you know, how do we navigate that if hmm. that comes up? So is this more about you wanting to teach them? Is this more about you prepping for a conversation that you, almost pre-worrying about a situation that may or may not come down the road someday? 
Yeah, and then my own, I'm trying to navigate through my own discomfort okay. with the issue as well. Well, number one, I appreciate you being honest and being brave. Um, early on in the show, we received a number of phone calls, and I, I finally just asked uh, on this topic, and when I was still practicing, so those shows didn't air just because I was terrible to know what I was doing. Um, but one time I just asked, hey, why are you calling me? Like, why don't you ask your friends? And the response was haunting. The response was, Deloney, I got nobody to ask. And I, I've just been so fortunate to have such great community over the years. And so I, I, I'm so grateful that you reached out. I know so many folks are, are working through this and thinking through these, these things and wanting to be graceful and loving. So um, to answer your first question, you're going to love your kid. The fact that you're calling lets me know that you're going you're gonna to love your kid. Every mom, every dad on planet Earth has this imaginary picture for their child of what that's going to look like, and 99.9% of them are wrong, right? They're not going to look that way, and it and it's not just on this topic. In fact, it's rarely on this topic. It's about, I wanted him to be a baseball player or a lawyer or a doctor, or I thought they were going to marry somebody with dark hair or blonde hair, whatever the thing is. And so, if this comes up, A, you're going to love your kid, B, you're going to mourn the picture that you had in your head, it just plopped in there, whether society put it in there, you put it in there, your parents put it in there, whatever, wherever it came from, right? My wife talks about this future Thanksgiving table someday. And and <laughs> when our kids come home from college and yada, yada and I just smile because it's not going to happen, but it's so fun to think about, right? So um, both of those things can be true. So here's here's my thoughts, and I'm going to like be as honest as I can. I've got um, a lot of, LGBTQ friends, and I've got a lot of community members. I mean, that's uh, that's been my world is, is hospitality over the last 10, 15, 20 years. So your impulse is first is right. It's hospitality first. Like, just understand how hard it is for folks, whatever they're walking through each day. Um, it's just hard, right? The second thing is you can't undermine Christian teaching. You can undermine your faith's witness. And what I mean by that is, as a Christian person, um, and I'm one too, so I'll speak to the preach the choir here. Um, we have to hold in our hands this idea that we are looking for truth and trying to feel and, and read and be taught truth, and at the same time recognize that throughout history we've been wrong a lot, and we've been right a lot. We do a lot of good in the world, Christian communities, a lot, a lot of good, and we've been really, really wrong. And so what I have shifted over the last decade is less of a focus on I'm being right on all these topics and issues and shifted way more towards everybody's welcome at Deloney's house. Everybody's welcome at my table. And we will navigate relationships together. We will navigate topics together. Um, But every one of those quote unquote, what's the right answer will always be done in relationships, right? Um, And then just for whatever it's worth for you, there are so many, there's such a diverse array of faith-based voices out there now. Um, When you said conservative Christian, that means 50 different things to 50 different people. I'm interested in your definition. What does that mean to you? Um, I think it means more, I guess, traditional Christian. Okay. Um, So what, so I'll even push on that. Like, so what does that even mean? You've got John Wesley and John Calvin and Martin Luther and the Catholic community. I mean, that means so many things. Um, What what is, what is that? What does that mean? 
So I guess when I say conservative Christian to this topic, mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, sorry, this is a hard topic because, you know, I feel like the worst person ever having my viewpoints being kind of behind. Um, hey, hold, hold on for a second. Hold on a second. You're not the worst person. And here's why. You're asking questions. You are asking questions and you are wrestling with hard things, right? So you're not the worst person. Right. If you were yelling on the side of the street, throwing rocks at people, then I would lump you into that's not cool category. But the fact that you're asking questions uh, makes you a truth seeker. And the fact that you're asking relationships to people and not to Alexa tells me you want relationships. And those that's I mean, that's the two greatest things a person can be doing right now. So good for you. Okay. Um, So go ahead. Um, So, you know, traditionally marriage um, ideally is between a man and woman. I mean. Um, ideally, like I, if I have friends who are in that community and get married, you know, I'll go to their wedding. Great for them. This is, you know, totally happy for them. Um, you know, but just again, marriage between man and woman is ideal. Um, I think that's what I mean by conservative Christian. So just the picture of marriage there. Yeah. Okay. And, And let's like in the relationship stuff and everything up and down and, um, middle schoolers being asked to declare and what what's the right this and what's the right that. What I want to always push you back towards, which is this is where you're at, by the way, is relationship and hospitality, right? And focusing mm-hmm. less on having all the right answers and having all of the deepest relationships possible. Here's the, the challenging thing. Um, we have we have decided some things in our faith communities over the years over all those different branches of of Christianity for what that means, and we have focused on some things, not focused on other things, chosen some things, not chosen. Every group has different thoughts and and um, threads that run through it. Sexual stewardship is is a big one. Giving is a big one. Hospitality is a big one. Loving your neighbor as yourself is a big one, right? And so mm-hmm. for you and your family, for you and your faith community, um, defaulting to relationship and hospitality, don't be scared of yourself and what might happen with your kids someday. I can tell you right now, you're going to love your child. Y'all may have hard conversations and a uh, spoiler alert, even if your kid ends up not being a member of the LGBT community, you're still going to have a ton of hard conversations together, right? Yeah. What is it about yourself that you don't trust about compassion, about care? Because you sound like a um, loving person. You sound almost like you're ashamed of asking hard questions. You know, it probably goes back to the way I was raised. I was raised by, um, unfortunately, people who weren't as loving. And so I guess it's, you know, kind of ingrained in me to be judgmental and less loving. Hmm. And I don't want to be that person. You know, that's not in me who I am, but it's kind of part of me at the same time because it's what I grew up with. Hmm. But here's what's making me smile right now, and you can't see it, but I'm smiling real big because um, chances are the folks who raised you did the best they could with the tools they had in their toolkit, right? Mm-hmm. And they did the best they could with what they knew with the air they were breathing and the water they were drinking. And what you're doing is like that old Maya Angelou quote, you do the best that you can. And then when you know more, you do better. And that's what you're trying to do. 
right? You're trying to be less dogmatic and more in love with people. It doesn't mean that we throw all the baby out the bathwater. There is some ways of living that we got to hang on to, right? There is some discipline and accountability and quote unquote right ways of living. There are. And I'll go to task with anybody who says, no, dude, it's just whatever you feel, bro. It's all cool. It's not all cool. It's a mess, right? But all of that starts in relationship. And I, I don't know what to tell you other than I think you are absolutely on the right track. And here's the thing. The right track doesn't mean that you and I end up believing the same things on everything. It does mean that we end up with an understanding we're going to treat people with respect and dignity wherever they happen to fall. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know that I'm answering your question as much as affirming you as somebody who is trying to navigate a messy, messy situation, a messy, messy world, and trying to reckon with her past and thoughts you may have had and jokes you may have told and and people you may have told off and arguments you may have thought you have won with this new person who's looking at their 10-year-old thinking, you are inheriting a totally different world than I come from. And I don't know any way forward other than to lead on love and relationship. Yes, with discipline. Yes, with it's following, finding truth and rightness as best as we possibly can. But man, it is, it is love and relationship first. And then we figure out the rest as we go. I, I, think, you're, I think your kids are lucky to have you as their mom. One of the I greatest gifts, listen, one of the greatest gifts, Monica, my mom and the dad have given me is the fact that they were both super conservative Christians over time. I would still consider them super conservative Christians. And I can't tell you the number of times they've told me I changed my mind. I was wrong on this and I need to think about it this way now. And that is a, that over the, the, the particular issue, that's the greatest gift. That I look at them and they're in their 70s now and they hold really firm to some, some truths and they have said, I changed my mind on this one or I'm still wrestling with this one. I changed my mind and I changed it back and now I'm thinking about changing it again. All of it has just been this loop. But for me, like I said, less than this is the way it has been. Here's how we're going to approach it. We're going to try to figure it out. We're going to always be trying to read something that makes us uncomfortable. We're going to always be trying to have hard conversations. We're going to always be meeting with the least of these and the marginalized and those who are hurting in our communities, whoever and wherever they end up being. And then we're going to try to wrap our heads around what that means in light of this ancient text that we hang on to. And we're going to be challenged and frustrated and ask hard questions. And we're going to come back to love and we're going to get angry and we're going to have to look at our neighbor and say, hey, I totally disagree with you. I actually, at the end of the day, have worked hard on this. And I think this is, this is a universal truth here. But come over and have a glass of wine and we're going to figure it out. You're always welcome at my house. And man, I think your kids are lucky to have you, Monica. Thank you so much for your heart. All right, let's take one more call. Let's go to Paul in Carson City. Paul, what's up, brother? Not much. How are you? Man, we are rocking and rolling, dude. What's going on, man? Hey, so my question um, is about my wife. So she is about a year away from finishing her undergraduate degree. Okay. And following that, she wants to go to physical therapy school, and that's three more years um, of school, which is probably going to be a lot harder and uh, more time-consuming. But uh, my question is, she really hasn't handled her undergraduate degree super well um, emotionally. You know, it's been really, really hard on her, Um, you know, like when she's doing her schoolwork. 
she gets really stressed out when she doesn't get grades, you know, she gets a good grade. She gets emotional. It's been really hard for her. And, uh, I'm worried that if she goes on to do three more years of, of school, that it will take a toll on, on her mental health. And my question is, how can I help her to understand that she needs to do what's best for her happiness? Mm-hmm. And if she does go on to physical therapy school, how can I help her to handle school more calmly? And so it, her life isn't miserable for four more years, you know? Sounds like this has been really hard on you. I mean, yeah. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, just like, you know, when, when she's studying, she's very irritable Mm -hmm. and, um, hard to deal with. And, you know, she doesn't want me around when she's studying sometimes or. So, Hey, uh, listen, did you hear all the things you just said? You said she doesn't want you around. She gets irritable when you're around. It sounds like you might be the problem, not school. Push back on that. Uh, like, are you creating a like a safe, like fun, lively environment for her, and then a quiet, safe environment for her to study, get through this stuff, or are you somebody who's like, hey, why don't you just do it like this? How long is this taking? Why are you taking so long? It doesn't matter. You just got to be, dude. Shake it off. Which one of those guys are you? No, I definitely try my best to, you know, provide a safe place for her to to study and learn, and I support her in everything she does. And I don't, I don't um, criticize her for studying too long or anything like that. I mean, I'm definitely there trying to help her navigate school as best as she can. Um, More of her problem is she's more of a perfectionist, you know, Mm -hmm. and she wants to be perfect in school. And like I said, if she doesn't get super good grades and it's really hard on her. Okay. So at the end of the day, you can't, I mean, you can't, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing you can say to her to be like, Hey, why don't you be less perfectionist? And she'll be like, Oh, you know what? You're right. I'll shake that off. Um, what you can do is provide a space for her to, get really excited when she gets good grades and to get really frustrated when she doesn't get good grades and then to come back and bounce back. You can, like, being in school together is hard, man. Uh, my wife and I both were in grad school together and then I went back to school and we had two kids. I mean, it's a mess, dude. It's hard. Um, sometimes folks' temporary happiness, like when they're going through grad school, is the happiness is the growing season, right? It's like doing squats. Nobody likes doing squats, um, but you know that when you're pushing that hard, the benefit on the back end is going to be so great, right? Same as grad school, dude. Same as, as any school. And when you're invested, you do get emotional. And it, it is hard, and you do lean into it. Um, and so I would be willing to bet, dude, and this isn't me trying to clown on you. This is me like talking to myself 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I bet you've got a lot of solutions and recommendations and thoughts and answers for her. And right now, she's just trying to get through school. And that ends up, you end up becoming almost another assignment for her because she's got to make sure that you're okay too. And she's got to make sure that she's still filling the blank X, Y, and Z too. And that becomes so heavy and so much. And so I'd love for you to 
create a universe where y'all could go out one day and talk about what the future looks like. Have y'all done that? What is that? What is that? Why does she want to be a physical therapist? What world is she trying to create there? Um, well, she has always had that goal, you know, since she was a little girl, she talks about that's been one of the things she's always wanted to do. Um, I always wanted to be a baseball player until somebody threw the ball like 90 miles an hour by me. Then I was like, no, I'm good with that. I'm not going to, not going to be the job for me. So it's got to be more than I've wanted to do it for a long time. Something else is driving her. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say, um, is she, before we got married, you know, we always talked about this. Um, she has, she thought she was scared that her getting married at such a young age would might stop her from reaching that goal too. So it's been hard for me to really show her. We haven't been married for that long. We've been married for about five months. Um, it's been hard for me to show her that, that I'm truly supportive of her goals and I'm going to do everything that I can to help her reach that goal. But bro, it doesn't sound like you are. Sounds like you want her just to like, dude, just get your degree and let's go do something else. And just be honest with, with yourself. Is if is that the case? No, no, really, John. I mean, I, I really um, want her to, to do that and I want to see her happy and um, so you, see like, her reach, reach her goals. Um, does, she ha- does, she thing- have permis- does she have permission to quit? To quit? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, does, does she um, know that that if she was like, "Hey, I don't want to go to grad school anymore," that you would hug her just the same as if she's like, "Man, I can't wait to go to grad school." Oh yeah, definitely. A few months ago, my wife's working through some stuff. She's been reading a lot on on some new topics, on some new like just existential stuff, and um, I won't go into the details because it's personal. But at one point, I said, "Hey, listen, if you end up over here thinking this." I'll still love you and we'll have so much fun with it. It'd be a wild adventure. And her shoulders just dropped. And I didn't realize how much she was carrying around, not only what she was wrestling with, but what my reaction would be to what she was wrestling with. That she would was also carrying what's going to happen if I land over here or over here or over here, or if I stay, keep my same thoughts on this, these things I'm thinking through and working through What's my husband going to think? What's he going to do? Is he still going to love me the same? Is he going to stick around? Is he, you know, all those things that just start to spin out and get crazy, right? Yeah. And y'all have been married for what, five months. How much, how long did y'all date before this? Um, a little over a year. How old are you? I'm 23. How old is she? She's 21. Okay. So here's what I want you to do, man. I want you to take her out this week. Okay, and I want you to take a piece of paper and tell her some idiot on the radio told you to do this. I want you to write down with her sitting there watching you all the things that you love about her. The way she moves her mouth when she laughs, the way she leaves glasses all over the place, the way all these little idiosyncrasies five months in, all these things that you love about her, that you love her drive, where she's going, the fact that she is trying to get through school as a 21, she is just, she is beating herself up over it. And then I want you to write um, with her sitting there, 
I want you to hold that pen and I want you to ask her, what are ways I can love? We're five months in. What are ways I can love you best? And let her tell you. And so you got to go first. So you, can, you can set this table here, right? But then I want you to let her speak into it. And I don't want you to ask her, what are the things you love about me, man? I want you just to make this completely about her, her and her. And I want you to hold that pen and look her in the eye and say, how can I love you? Because I want to be so good at it. And then when she asks questions like, well, why are you asking this? Whatever, be like, you talk to yourself in a way that drives me crazy because I would never let some dude at a bar talk to you the way you talk to yourself. And so I want to create a world where you can talk so good about yourself. Sometimes I think you love school and can't wait to go to grad school. Sometimes I think you don't like school anymore. You're burnt out, but you feel this drive and I want to keep loving you and supporting you. How can I best do that? And that ends up becoming a really good entry point into this conversation. Because if you just show up tonight and say, hey, dude, why don't you just quit school, dude? Don't go to grad school. Her worst fears become true. Yeah. And if you just sit on the couch with a video controller in your hand, and I'm, I'm just picking on you, dude. I don't know if that's true. And she's studying and studying and studying. And you're like, keep going, babe. You're doing good from the other room. That's not helpful either, right? I want you to get really tactical and practical and show her. Don't just tell her. Show her you're all in. You're five months. And then you've got to be okay in your heart. What if she says, dude, I really, really want to go to grad school and be a physical therapist really bad. You've got to look up and realize it's going to be three more years of your life. You're going to be 26 years old. If she says that, Paul, are you in? Yeah. All in? I'm all in. That's so good, man. You love this girl? I love her so much. She's awesome. What does what does she's awesome mean? I mean, she's just really the perfect girl for me. I mean, we get along super great, and um, we have fun together, and we have goals to just create a happy life together. And I'm just trying to figure That's out awesome. how I can help her to be the happiest she can be. All right, so yeah. let's stop using the word happy and let's use the word joyful. And here's the difference. Happy means anything uncomfortable, we do away with. Any season or period of discomfort or hard stuff, we try to cover up and wallpaper over. Joyful means we sacrifice, we work really hard for a good night's sleep, for peace, for long-term goals, right? And so I don't want you to focus on making her happy. In fact, there's a lot of research out, and there's a real big study that just came out like last week or this week, that the harder you chase happy, the less happy overall in your life you become. I think it's, it's, a, it's a Western pathology, right? We have made the pursuit of happiness our God, and it's killing us. Slowly but surely, diseases of despair, dude. We're collapsing under the weight of, I need to be happy, I need to be happy, which we've moved to, I need to be comfortable, which means I need to have everything the way I like it, right? I'm not saying that's you, I'm saying that's us as a, as a culture. And so I don't want you to focus on her happiness. I want you to focus, focus on her joy. And that means she's going to have hard workouts. That means she's going to have hard seasons where she's in grad school or have hard seasons of mourning when she decides to quit grad school. And you're going to be there to hold her arms up when she's tired. You're going to be there to make sure the dishes and laundry's done for three years because she's running and gunning, doing clinicals and working so hard. 
you're going to be there for her and there for her and there for her. And she's going to be there for you too. This is not that one-sided of a thing, right? Y'all are both in this together here. But I want to make sure that she knows that you are all, all in. And give her permission to quit. And give her permission to keep going. And if you don't have the tools, I know in your in your heart and spirit and mind, you want to be the guy that makes sure she's like supported, but you may not have those tools. I did not. I did not have those tools. My tools were do whatever you want. I'm out of here. And I've had to learn them and learn them and then learn them again and then learn them again. And just a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, I just said it. I'll still love you no matter what. And it was like, whew, watching my wife exhale is both beautiful and it breaks my heart. Because usually the tension she holds is something that I haven't given her. So start with a dinner. Start with a blank piece of paper and a pen. All the things you love about her. And then ask her, how can you love her better five months in? Start building those foundations. Don't whine. Don't complain. Get to work. Get to work. Y'all are building something special, brother. And then plan what your future is going to look like. Not just, I want to make you happy. What is this going to look like? Paint a really clear picture together and then y'all work towards it. All right, brother. Thank you so much for your call, man. Um, You're a good guy, Paul. You're a good guy. Month five is hard. Getting married at 23 is hard, brother. Hang in there, hang in there. All right, as we wrap it up, um, let's do this one, dude. Because sometimes (sighs) you just got to go with the truth. And the truth is that in 2005, Partnering with Wyclef Jean, Shakira dropped magic. She dropped magic because you know why? Hers, mine, James, Kelly's, all of us, our hips don't lie. It's released in 2005. Shakira writes this masterpiece just like this. Ladies up in here tonight, no fighting. We got the refugees up in here. No fighting. No fighting. Shakira. Shakira. She said her own name twice in the first line of her own song. How dope is that? I never really knew that she could dance like this. She make a man want to speak Spanish. Como se llama? Si. Bonita? Si. Mi casa, su casa. Shakira. Shakira. Again, her own name twice. Poets, how do you like that? Oh, baby, when you talk like that, you make a woman go mad. So be wise. See and keep on. See, reading the signs of my body. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. That's one, two, three, four for you non-Spanish speaking poets. I'm on tonight. You know my hips don't lie. No fighting. I'm starting to feel it right. All the attraction, the tension. Don't you see, baby? This is perfection. And this has been the Dr. John Deloney Show.